preach on, man. And open up to Revelation 1. That's where I'm going to be tonight. Um, that was good singing, too. It kind of ties in with my message, which makes me feel better, too. Um, also, that was a good message from Brother Jose. Um, even though his first language isn't English, I can tell you he's going to do a lot better than me. So, um, But I'm going to go ahead and uh, start off again. I'm thankful for the opportunity, Pastor, uh, just be able to be here, uh, even though it's late at night. Uh, hopefully I don't bore all of you out. Uh, I'll try to keep you awake, but if you do if you do fall asleep, just try not to snore and I'll be happy. Um, but we'll be in Revelation 1 tonight. Um, when I was a kid, I remember all the time during the New Year's time, especially New Year's Eve, um, if we were at a party or something like that, which we haven't done in a long time, but I would always think um, just being the new year, being a time where you're going from this moment, this momental, um, this momentum time of year uh, that's kind of monumental uh, at this time, going from one year into the next, I would always uh, think about it and think, well, just being this monumental time uh, just across the globe, uh, why wouldn't this be the time for God to come back? You know, um, just being on our time scale. I mean, why wouldn't it? I mean, it could happen, right? I mean, this this could be the day. I mean, I'm not a prophet. I can surely tell you that. But could God not come once the clock hits 12? I mean, it, it's an it's an obvious thing, and it's truth. Uh, so I would always think that as a kid. Um, and when I would think that, I would get pretty anxious, to be honest. Uh, that's because I wasn't ready to be done. I wasn't ready to uh, go ahead and pass on to whatever was next, uh, whether it was when I was saved or when I wasn't saved. I would get anxious either way just because I wasn't prepared to continue right. on. Good. Cool. I, I wasn't doing right in my life, and I wasn't ready to be raptured up um, with the saints. Uh, with this thought, um, I go ahead and like to read just in Revelation 1. We'll be at the beginning of the chapter. And then if you want to go ahead, I'll be in Ecclesiastes later on. It takes me forever to find Ecclesiastes, so uh, I'll just go ahead and give you that heads up too. Um, but we're going to go ahead and start in Revelation 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God, and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. And pretty much what I want to title the message, and just what God's been leading me to do, is just the time is at hand. Um, just the time of being in this world today is at hand. And I want to look at just a couple attributes of God and then also just make a quick application at the end. Of course, I'm probably not going to go very long at all, so which isn't great because we're supposed to get till midnight. But um, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, the first thing I want to mention is just God's uh, timelessness, God's timelessness. Of course, you know, he is eternal. Uh, that's an attribute of him that we don't have. Uh, right. It's specific to him. Um, if you continue on in verse 4 there, it says, John to the seven churches which are in Asia... Grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. We'll go ahead and skip down to verse 8. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. 
And I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible has that in red letters. And as we know, when usually if it's in red letters, that's God talking. And it says, saith the Lord, of course, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Let's go ahead and pray tonight. Um, Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. Uh, Thank you for this evening we're able to have. Lord, just please uh, use me in this message. Uh, God, just help me not to compare myself to others. Lord, just get rid of my pride, Lord. Um, empty, me, empty me of myself, Lord, and just help me just to relay your word to this congregation tonight. Lord, help us all just to stay awake. Uh, help us just to push through and be able to uh, pray on the new year. Lord, continuing for your glory, Lord. Lord, please help us to continue on in this new year that we can be able to just continue and just acknowledge that the time is at hand for your glory, Lord. We thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So first we see is God's timelessness. Uh, He is eternal, as I said. He isn't bound by our 24-hour day, our 7-day week, our 12-month year. He's not bound by it. He's outside of our our bounds. Um, You call it transcendence. Uh, That's just meaning that he's above us. Uh, he, He isn't bound by what happens here on earth. He was before creation, as we know. He is alive today, as we also know, and will forever reign as king. Um, if you look later on in the last chapter, it's really interesting. In the last chapter of um, Revelation, I'm not going to uh, read it all, but I'll just paraphrase. It simply says also, as Christ is describing himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. He uses the exact same description. Even though it's a later matter in time, he is still the beginning and ending. Of course, if you ever understood Alpha and Omega, those are the first letters and the last letters of the Greek alphabet. He, he is what is and which will come. And that's what the verses explain. Second, God's timeliness. Now, don't confuse this with his timelessness. Timelessness describing his eternality, things like that. But timeliness, meaning he's on time. He, 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 he is never not on time. He is on perfect time. We'll go ahead and turn to um, Ecclesiastes. I'll make sure I can get there, too. I put a bookmarker, but we'll see. Yeah, I got it quick. But we'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 um, is where I'm going to start. And I'm not going to read all the verses. Of course, if you're there, you can see that almost every single one of these verses um, from verses 2 to 8 describe a time to uh, just describing things that uh, God has specifically placed and placed a time for these things in our lives. I will read uh, verse 1 and a couple of other verses, though. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And we'll go ahead and conti- continue in verse 9. It says, What profit hath he that worketh in, wh- in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So as we can see in these verses, God has placed specific things in their specific places in his time. We, of course, God is transcendent above us. We don't work um, in his time frame, but he specifically places things in our time to work with us and so understanding God's relationship to time yes he's timeless and then he's timely he's not bounded by our earthly time yet he's he's set specific times for us he doesn't he doesn't sporadically 
just place things in our lives. Right. He doesn't just um, he doesn't just say, "Hey, uh, I'm just going to do this for you right there because I thought it'd be nice." He doesn't do that. It's 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 thought out. God has specifically designed and placed things in our lives for specific reasons. He's put us through a trial at a certain time in our life because he knew we should have that in our life at that time. He's given us a blessing in our life. Maybe we were struggling and we needed a blessing, or maybe we were doing his will and he we he he thought it would be fit to give us a blessing. His graces and mercies aren't just sporadic in our lives. I hope you understand that. They are specific to our lives. And so understanding his timeliness, we must understand that it's, it's not just sporadic. God has specific purposes for all of us, for all of his children, and he shows us that in his time. We won't understand our purpose on our own. We'll understand it through God's time. It takes time. That's where we learn patience. It takes time to uh, understand God's purposes for our life. And last, number three, I told you I'd be quick. Uh, we'll go back to Revelation. And by understanding God's time, uh, his timelessness, his timeliness, um, and just understanding those two main attributes of God related to time, uh, we'll look in Revelation 3 and the end of the uh, chapter in verses 20 through 22. Now we're going to understand our time. So looking at the time is at hand, um, we understand that God, he is outside of our, I guess, outside of our clock. He doesn't clock in. He doesn't clock out, things like that. He is, he is eternal. And then he's timely. He's on perfect time. He does things when it's specific to him, and it's always on time. And so, but now looking at our time, uh, I can tell y'all that my time has never been good. Uh, I'm a lot of times late to stuff. I try not to be, but I was late to church this morning, so. uh, But we won't go into that. Uh, But um, my time has never been great. I've always been off time. Either I'll go way too long or way too short, which I'll probably go way too short on this one. Uh, but uh, I'd want to tell a quick story, though, before I read uh, this uh, couple verses. So when I was at college this past semester, uh, we were, I like to do a door-to-door ministry. Uh, on the weekend, they give us Christian service opportunities. And I like to do a door-to-door ministry, just where, just like what church does here, going out, knocking on doors, um, inviting people to church. And so that's what, simply what we do. So it was me and my friend Josh, and we were just going around this neighborhood, and the door-to-door that I do, it's an all-men's one, so we go in rougher neighborhoods, things like that. Um, so we were going through this neighborhood, and we come up to this one house, and it's this guy, and he's he's working, so I'm already like, well, this isn't going to be great, because he's working, he's busy, but for some reason, the Lord laid on my heart to just go up to him and talk. So I went up to him, I said, hey, my name's Noah, this is Josh, uh, we're just with the church here, and we're looking to invite people to church, you ever been to church or anything like that? He says, yeah, I, I've been to church, but it's not really my thing. And I'm, I'm like, oh, great, here we go. And so I, I was just thinking, okay, well, why do you, why do you say that? And he's like, well, uh, I, I just don't really know. Uh, he, said, he said, there's just some things like the Bible, like it's not really the most trustworthy thing, right? And I was like, well, I'd say it is. I mean, being a Christian who's put their, devoted their whole life to this book, I'd say it's a pretty trustworthy thing. Um, and he said, well, you can't, like, trust everything in there, and I, I had to explain to him, like, doctrine, and how we, and we just got into this whole conversation about, like, KJV, Bibles, things like that, so we got in this whole conversation, and by the end of this conversation, me and Josh were both giving input, 
and he could tell that we were college students. We had been in our Bible classes, so he understood that we, we knew what we were talking about. So he got more invested in the conversation, um, which is a great thing. So we were trying to get the opportunity just to try to share the gospel to him. So I was talking to him, and uh, he said, and I was like, so, like, have you ever been in church at all? Because he started saying things that I was like, well, not just anybody would know that. You know, like, you'd had to read a Bible to know that. And so, because after a while, we were giving him verses and things like that. And he was giving us verses at some point, so it was really funny. Um, but I was just, I asked him, I said, have, have you ever been to church before? And he said, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done exactly what you're doing. He said, I, I went to church when I was young. I went on ministry outreaches. He said, but somewhere along the way, it, I just, it wasn't for me. He said, somewhere along the way, I just, I fell out of the group. He said, I was the only one in my family going to church at one point. He said, but along the way, I just, I, he pretty much lost his faith is what happened. And so after talking to him, I was talking to him and I, was, I said, well, being in church, I said, you know. Uh, and, and at this point, I was just, I had to be upfront with him. And he was very respectful. And I'm, like, he was really respectful. And I like getting in conversations where you can just talk to people respectfully. And I was talking to him and he said, and I asked him, I said, you know what the Bible says. I said, you're not like some of these people that have never opened a Bible before. They've never been to church. I said, you've been to church. You understand what the Bible says. I said, so you have really no excuse. He said, yeah, I know. And he was really upfront with it. And it shocked me because me being someone that's been in church my whole life, I'm thinking, well, somebody's going to be like this. Like, they got to like, be crying or something, you know. But that's not the case. He right. just, he had truly had rejected God in his life. And it's a terrible thing, but it's what happened to him. And so I was telling him, I said, well, you know the truth, and so all you have to do is believe it. And I even gave him a couple verses, and he said, yeah. He said, it's just not for me right now. And I said, well, I said, can you give you, like, one reason? I said, I said, because you know if you die today, I said, compared to any other religion, I said, anything else, I said, if you're going to choose atheism, whatever it is, if you're going to choose that, then it's, this life is pointless. You have no hope. Right. I said, but with, with Christianity, you have a hope. Right. There, we have a hope in this life. And he was simply explaining to me that it just wasn't for him at this time. And after that point, I, I just decided, I said, Lord, you just got to give me the strength to move on, I guess. Because after a while, we were sitting there probably for almost an hour talking to him. And after a while, I just said, I just said, are you, do you care about taking that chance? He said, I guess I'm just one to take chances. And I said, and last, some of the last words I talked to him, I said, you understand what the Bible says? It says in the verse, I'm just paraphrasing it again. It says, what is life compared to? It's compared to a vapor. Right. It said, I said, you don't know what's going to happen next. I said, and taking chances like this is a very dangerous life to live. And I tried to encourage him. I tried to and we prayed with him afterwards anyways, but I said, if there's any way in your life where you could just, and he, he even told me, he said, if God came down right now and sat, stood in front of me and said, I am God, he said, I'd get on my face and bow before him. But he just didn't have the faith, the blind faith to do it. I said, now I can't believe that you do that because you can't do it right now. And I was talking to him and, and it just came to where I had to tell him, I said, if that's your way of thinking, then I challenge you. 
I said, I said, because when that's your way of thinking, then I think that you, you still have somewhat hope. And I don't know why, and I told him, I said, I don't know why God's had this conversation with us. The only reason I can think of that is because God still has a plan for you. Right. I said, so, I said, so wherever in your life, when it's down the road, whatever, if there's something that happens in your life, something maybe you say miraculous, some, something that couldn't have happened without divine sovereignty, I said, that's God. I said, if you, if you can't do anything else, then that's God in your life. I said, and that's what you need. So we just, we went on our way. We kept on going. By that time, it was about time for us to head back to the college anyways. So we had to go on our way. But the reason I'm telling this story is just because, as we know, life is compared to a vapor. Our time is limited. We don't have the time to fool around, to make decisions. We don't have the time to just sit here and wait on whatever miraculous thing might happen in our life. Because after a while, it it doesn't happen anymore. And I want to read these verses in Revelation 3, verses 20 to 22. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That last verse goes all the way with, with what Brother Jose was just preaching. So if you didn't get anything, at least get that last verse to help out, because that's two services where it's hit you. But um, with the time that God's given us, we have to spend it wisely. Um, these verse, verse 20 specifically really hit me when I was answering the call to preach or when God was calling me to preach because it was like that. And if it wouldn't have happened, um, because God dealt with me for a very long time about whether that was the case or not. I mean, very years dealt with, and I just said, no, no, not going to happen. Or I just don't really think that's like, God, are you serious? What? No, that, that can't be the case. But God was serious, and he said, this is what I want you to do. And that's where he's led me to do now. And just by understanding that verse, it's, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Because we don't have to answer the door. I mean, it says, if any man answers the door. We don't have to answer the door. It can knock all day. But I don't know about you, but when I knock on those doors after a couple knocks, I just keep on going. I'm not going to stand there for the next 15 minutes waiting on somebody. I just got to go to the next one. And that's what I had to do with the man I was talking about. But with the time God has given us, as these verses say, we have to spend it first by accepting Christ in our heart. That's what that whole verse means um, to many people. is just opening the door to your heart and letting Christ abide in it. Second, by a daily fellowship. Um, As the verses continue on. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a daily fellowship. That is God allowing us to enter into heaven with him. That's us continuing on in our Christian life each and every day. And then third, through obeying the Spirit and his word, as verse 22 says, as Brother Jose just preached his whole message about. So in this new year, I just really encourage you to don't waste an opportunity. Don't waste any time on anything. Of course, Be patient in what God's telling you to do, but don't waste time that God's given you. Don't waste time for any opportunity to spread the gospel, to spread it to a loved one, things like that. For God's time is at hand. We're not promised the next day, and the time is at hand. 
So I encourage you just to continue on and just in this new year in 2024, just to be able to continue on knowing that the time is at hand and being able to take any opportunity that the Lord gives you. Thank you.